At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. All right, it's the Buckeye Blitz. I'm Tito Jeff Dittoff. Thanks so much for joining me here today. Uh, we are on fan stream, fan stream Sports powered by DSP Media. And uh, we've got a lot to get into today. The, you can follow me on Twitter, by the way, at that happens. You can see it right over, well, over, here, over there, over there, over there. There it is. At that happens. We can find it there on Twitter. Um, but Big Ten Media Days were today. There's a lot to talk about. The first day happening in Indianapolis. Um, seven coaches spoke today. They also had the players there with them for almost every team. More on that in a moment. And then tomorrow, or I guess when you're listening to this on Thursday, the other seven schools will speak uh, with their coaches there and have players with them as well. Um, today it was uh, on the on I should say I guess on Wednesday, uh, Brett Bielema from Illinois was speaking. Also, uh, Rutgers um, Greg Schiano, Michigan State's Mel Tucker was there. Uh, Northwestern's uh, David Braun, Iowa's Kirk Ferentz, Penn State's James Franklin, and Ohio State's Ryan Day. Um, and there was a whole lot. You, you, I mean, it's each each guy got 15 minutes to answer questions from the media, and then they also had breakout sessions where they could be asked more questions by the local by the media that were there. Um, Brett Bielema, he, he's done a great job at Illinois. He went on there first, and what pissed me off though was the first dumb question was asked uh, by somebody who asked him, uh, Bielema if he'd seen the Barbie movie yet with his daughters or if he was planning on seeing it, which is just I, those kind of questions just pissed me off. Anyway. Um, he, uh, you know, the, the toughest thing for Illinois is they got to replace Chase Brown, the, the running game. He was such a huge part of their offense last year. And so the fact that he's now in the NFL, he got drafted by the Bengals in the NFL draft um, a couple of months ago. But they've got to, um, they've got 10 returning all Big Ten players, which is the most in the Western division. So they've got that going for them. Brett Bielan knows the Big Ten, knows how to coach the Big Ten. So I think they'll be good again this year, but not, not great. They'll be good, though. Um, Greg Shaw was up next. And Rutgers returns 70% of their production from last year, which is third in the Big Ten and 29th, I think, overall in the country. So they've got a lot of talent coming back. Of course, they were also 1-8 in the Big Ten last year, 4-9 overall. So maybe it's not great to have that much talent coming back. Something else Shiano did that was weird, I don't know the exact phrasing of what he said, but he did quote Joe Paterno. Now, Shiano, if you remember, had worked under Paterno, and that was one of the reasons when he was supposed to be hired for Tennessee, and then they withdrew the offer because a backlash from the fans in Tennessee about – Shiano's knowledge of what went on at Penn State. And so uh, I, I thought it was kind of weird that he quoted Joe Paterno, knowing what that kind of that stigma, what that carries when you say something like that. Um, but anyway, then Rutgers, uh, so Rutgers this year, like I say, 70% of their production coming back. But again, it's Rutgers. Uh, Michigan State, Mel, C- Mel Tucker was on there, and um, he talked about needing to figure out the starting quarterback. It was funny, there was a, a light moment in there when Tim May. Um, the longtime Ohio State reporter for the Columbus Dispatch asked him if 
Deion Sanders had stolen his strategy because you remember Mel Tucker, he had a great first year at Michigan State because he got Kenneth Walker um, through the transfer portal who led their team. They had a great season, 10 wins and all that, but they struggled last year. Their quarter, they're one of their better quarterbacks transferred out, wide receiver, the top wide receiver returning transferred out as well. So um, we'll see what Michigan State does this year. Uh, Northwestern's David Braun, this was the one that, that you know, he's the inner coach there. Northwestern, we know about the hazing allegations, Pat Fitzgerald losing his job and the baseball coach losing his job. And there's allegations about the, the women's volleyball team also having situations like this. And so Northwestern's under a lot of fire. They named David Braun their interim head coach, and they decided when they come here, each team can bring up to three players they want to to come to media day. And Northwestern decided to hold their three players back because of all the turmoil, all the controversy surrounding Northwestern right now. But David Braun still had to go out there and face the media. Now, when these guys come on, they get about 15 minutes each to speak, like I said, and they give like an opening statement, and then they open the floor for questions. Now, the first few guys, Michigan State, Rutgers, Illinois, those first head coaches there that spoke, they were asked about hazing at their school. They were kind of reporters trying to allude to it a little bit uh, with what went on at Northwestern. And David Braun gets up there, and out of the 15 minutes, I mean, he probably spent the first, I don't know, 12 minutes or so with his opening statement. And he, all over the board about like his family and about – um, what this, you know, the, the way the program's headed now and what his first conversation was like with players after he was named interim head coach, all these different things. But he went forever to only have to answer a couple of questions after that, which is probably smart by him. He looked very robotic, though. He looked um, like he was just reading a statement uh, the whole time. And I'm not saying he wasn't being genuine. I'm just saying that's the way it came across. Um, Iowa's Kirk Ferentz spoke after that. Iowa, of course, add Cade, they added Cade McNamara, the uh, quarterback from Michigan to their team this year. And uh, they're also under a bit of fire themselves because um, there was a, uh, a player for Iowa who was supposed to be at this event, uh, Noah Shannon, defensive lineman. And there's a gambling investigation going on at Iowa and Iowa State. Noah Shannon, one of the people who's being investigated. So Noah Shannon did not uh, decided not to go. Or I don't know if it was his choice or the university's choice, but they ended up uh, – he was Noah Shannon – who was a, a big-time defensive lineman there. He's a senior defensive lineman for Iowa, and he stayed behind and um, and did not make the trip. They added Luke Lachey, who, ironically, Luke Lachey, tight end, is Jim Lachey, former Buckeye, former Super Bowl champion. That's his son. So Luke Lachey was there instead. Uh, but Kirk Ferentz asked about, you know, how many if he knows how many players this is going to affect, this gambling investigation. And he said, no, I'm not sure. You know, we're letting everything play out, let the, blah, 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 you know, whatever. So he's let, letting everything play out before he decides, but he said he wasn't sure how many players exactly are going to be affected by this NCAA investigation. Penn State's James Franklin was up next, and he's very excited about his team this year. He knows that he has to get over that hurdle of Ohio State and Michigan. And what's interesting, we look at Penn State's schedule almost every year. Those are the two games that really matter the most to them that will make or break their season. After this year, they won't have to necessarily play Ohio State and Michigan every year. We already know that in 2024, they're not going to play Ohio State. It's not one of the protected rivalries. Penn State had no protected rivalries in the Big Ten. So, um, And then Ohio State's Ryan Day uh, came on next. Ohio State is returning all 16 – returning 16 all Big Ten players. And um, the few things that Ryan Day said that stood out was he was asked early on, and again, Tim May, who is a fantastic longtime reporter um, for the – Columbus Dispatch covered covered high state football for probably 40 years, I think it's been. Um, and he asked Ryan Day, because he knows every time he asks Ryan Day about the starting quarterback situation, Ryan Day always deflects. So Tim took the, a smarter route and asked Ryan Day, 
if it's any closer to naming the backup quarterback. Of course, Ryan Day chuckled for that. Everyone in the room got a laugh out of it. But he says he's not there yet. He's hoping midway through camp he will have an answer. And that's what's going to be key for this Ohio State team is they can't have a two-quarterback system going into the season. They've got to be able to have one quarterback, an established quarterback, and that's the guy that's going to be there, um, their main guy, barring some catastrophic performance uh, somewhere along the way. So um, they talked about that. Uh, they also mentioned the fact that um, they asked about the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry and the, where the game is played because as we move forward now in 2024 when the USC and UCLA join and we go to a divisionless Big Ten, there's a chance that Ohio State and Michigan could play in back-to-back weeks. And and Ryan Day said, look, I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of that. I don't know if necessarily that's something that's good for the game. He said, I think it's worth a long discussion about where that game should be placed. I think if it was the same as it was the past year, we would be playing back-to-back games, and who knows, maybe we play again in the playoff. So I just think that needs to be taken into consideration, not that we should move it, but I think it's worth talking about. Now, and by the way, this is on Bucknuts.com where Ryan Day, where these comments were posted, but – it's it, it's worth talking about. There's a lot of times in the past that they had gone to this divisionless format that Ohio State and Michigan would have met in the championship game, even like before the playoff, before the championship game started for the Big Ten. There were lots of times back in the Woody and Bo era they, were, they would have played a second and second week if that was around. Ballot concern. I don't think you can move Ohio State Michigan. And yes, you may end up having them play back to back weeks, and they could play a third time in the playoff. They wouldn't play in the first round of the playoff because one of them would be the champion and probably get a bye. But it could happen. Yes, I understand that. Um, there was a time it could happen before, back when they did the stupid legends and leaders thing, and they never met there either. I don't think, I don't think it makes much sense to move the game. The tradition there of that. There's so many traditions in college football that are tossed out the window already. But the fact you've got Texas and Oklahoma going to the uh, SEC, you've got USC and UCLA, you know, heading over to the uh, the Big Ten. So there's a lot of traditions that have already been cast aside. I don't think that this is one that is worth casting aside. I think I would rather keep it where it is as far as the Ohio State-Michigan game on that Saturday after Thanksgiving. Um, some other news came out of the Big Ten, and I'm going to get into the Michigan stuff shortly, but um, Minnesota players, uh, there's former Minnesota players that have complained about the culture under P.J. Fleck at Minnesota and saying it's, it's a, they call it a talk, toxic culture and also a cult-like feel to it with the way that um, P.J. Fleck runs things. Um, he, they also said that some of these players, in the story that came out um, to front office sports by these former players, that he Fleck's got something called the Fleck Bank. And players can, uh, by doing certain things, or they can uh, earn some kind of like points, I guess, in a goodwill system to circumvent some of the reper- repercussions of the failed drug tests and other violations. So those things are out there with Minnesota. So you have the Northwestern thing going on. You got the Minnesota thing going on, and plus now we got the Michigan thing going on as well. Um, and I'll talk about the Michigan thing here in just a moment. I want to get this first though about uh, give you the schedule for uh, tomorrow and who all is going to be uh, talking tomorrow as far as coaches go. Tom Allen will lead things off. Uh, he'll be followed by Michael Loxley out of Maryland. Um, up next after that, excuse me, uh, PJ Fleck will be there. I'm sure we get questions about this article coming out. Uh, then you've also got uh, Ryan Walters, the new head coach at Purdue, and a uh, young guy, by the way, the great coaching resume already. He's 37 years old, I think. Matt Rule, first uh, his uh, debut appearance at the Big Ten Media Day, head coach in Nebraska now, obviously coming over after getting fired by Carolina. Luke Fickle from Wisconsin will be there. Then we followed up by Jim Harbaugh. And the Harbaugh thing now, so Harbaugh has been um, 
so he's going to be suspended for four games. And the crux of it is Harbaugh, there was a, a couple of level two violations that went on. One was um, there was contact when the coaches and players were it's supposed to be a dead recruiting, a dead air, dead time when they can't communicate with the recruits and all that. And it was on the COVID-19 time. And still uh, Michigan, a couple of assistants and also Harbaugh had some kind of co- communication with players when they weren't supposed to during the dead recruiting area. Um, on top of that, uh, Michigan, some of the coaches uh, viewed workouts when they weren't supposed to on Zoom from some players and things like that. There was um, also sometimes when some advisors were on the field uh, giving coaching when they're not supposed to. Only the assistant coaches are supposed to be out there on the field, and some of these other contributors to the program were out there also coaching. And then lastly, that Jim Harbaugh paid for a few hamburgers for some players um, at one point. So all of those things are level two violations, not major, not major at all. But when the NCAA went and talked to Jim Harbaugh about it, he denied it, uh, acted like he did anything about it. And so because of that, the NCAA says, well, you lied to us. That's now a level one violation. And so they're negotiating this four-game suspension. What's stupid about this suspension is it's a four-game suspension. It's not a four-week suspension. It's a four-game suspension. And what that means is Michigan, who's got a cupcake start to their schedule, like East Carolina, I think they play like UNLV maybe, um, Bowling Green, and then Rutgers, all at home. But anyway, what's interesting about this, though, because it's a four-game suspension, not a four-week suspension, Harbaugh can still be out there coaching up the players the entire week. He can still be all the practices. It's just on game day he can't be around them. And so that's the problem I have with it. If you want to really put some uh, – I know what happened at Ohio State with Jim Tressel with the tattoo gate and all that. And so um, – you know, it it just seems like it's a it's a very weak punishment. If you're going to punish him, punish him because that's what Tressel got punished with. Ended up costing him his job, and that's the problem I have with this is that it, it, I don't it, it, either make it a real suspension or not. Whatever you want to do, but nonetheless, the Paul Feinbaum was ripping the NCAA because he said it wasn't really worth a suspension like this way. Chris Maddog Russo on ESPN said that you know it's a joke that that is what they are choosing to do as far as suspension goes by letting him coach all week, every week, just on Saturdays, he can't be there, uh, is what uh, basically what Chris Russo was saying. So um, anyway, we'll keep an eye on that uh, as well, what happens with that. Harbaugh, like I said, four games, they're, they're cupcake games, they're all at home, they're going to win anyway. But um, it's just a bad look with the Michigan stuff going on, Northwestern, Minnesota, all that stuff happening. It's just not, not a good week, a lot of media stuff for the Big Ten. But nonetheless – um, and then uh, one more thing I want to tell you about was this Ohio State, the athletic, which is a great, it's a wonderful tool if you're a sports fan. It is, it's, they've got a tremendous stable of writers. It's well worth the price to subscribe to them. But anyway, they um, did a poll of almost a thousand Buckeye fans. And the, a couple of things that were interesting about it now, and this is again on the athletic, um, but they uh, asked what would constitute a successful season for Ohio State. Majority people said Big Ten title and a CFP appearance. That, I think, is fair because I think that, that Ohio State's – they need to beat Michigan this year. It's a big t- – I think Ohio State – now, if they don't beat Michigan, there's no way I'm firing Ryan Day as long as they still have a good, a good season otherwise. I know there's some Buckeye fans that want to get rid of Ryan Day if he loses three straight to Michigan. I'm not in that group. Ryan Day is 45-6 and six as a head coach so far. He's been to the CFP a couple of times. Uh, he's one and two is Michigan, but he would be – he would have another win there if they wouldn't have chickened out of the game in the COVID year, which is what they did. So majority of the people in Big Ten title, CFP appearance will be a successful year. Um, right behind that, though, is Big Ten title, national title game appearance. But that's the, the consensus of it was Big Ten title is important. 
Who will be Ohio State's team MVP? Marvin Harrison Jr. ran away with that one. Um, Who would you prefer to be the starting quarterback? Kyle McCord or Devin Brown? McCord's got the edge on that one. 81.3% of the vote was about him. 18.7% to Devin Brown. Uh, There's a sports book out there that has got um, McCord is like plus – 500 or something like that to win the starting job. Most people are like minus 500 to win the job. Minus uh, like 500 to win the job. Most people think it's going to be McCord. Um, Ryan Day again said it's very close. He said that the edge right now is slightly to McCord, but only because he's been there longer and been available more because after the, you know, the injury to Devin Brown, he had missed a spring game, which would have been a good time to see him. Uh, who should earn the coveted block O jersey this year? Xavier Johnson got the majority of that vote with 38.1%. Tommy Eichenberg right behind him at 34%. Um, a couple of the other ones, their biggest worry. What, what were Ohio State fans' biggest worry about the 2023 season? Offensive line ran away with that one, 62.7%. After that was secondary, 16.9%. Quarterback, 13.8%. I am less worried. That, I, I think that's right in line with what I would think as well. I think that uh, I don't. I'm surprised at how big of a gap there was between offensive line and secondary. Because I thought offensive line might be like a 40 or 45% thing. And, you know, more on secondary, maybe a little more on quarterback as well. But that is where I understand the concern for Ohio State fans. I am. I will tell you this. I'm very glad that Notre Dame is the fourth game of the season. I would not want to open with Notre Dame this year just because you've got a rookie quarterback in there. That rookie, you know, the first-year guy's under center. It's going to be a tough road environment. I much rather would have um, – you know, a couple of games under their belt. The Indiana game's a road game, which is good. I don't think Indiana's going to get Ohio State much of a challenge, but it's good, though, to see a, a quarterback come in there and have to play on the road and see what he can do. Um, which true fresh will make the biggest impact? Carnell Tate ran away with that one as well at 50.7% of the votes. Uh, second was Brandon Innes with 21.9, a couple of damn talented wide receivers. And then uh, what else do we have here? The confidence of Ryan Day for the season. How would you rate it? And 54.3% of the people said they are very confident. And I, I'm, I'm right there with them on that one. The other one was interesting. You know, how much longer will Ryan Day coach Ohio State? And uh, 2.2% said one year. 21.5% said two to three years. 38.6% said four to five years. 37.7% said six years or more. Look, I think that, I think that Ryan Day enjoys being a college coach. I know that the when he wins a national championship, I said win. When he wins a national championship at Ohio State, he will get offers, obviously, again, to go to the NFL. Maybe as a head coach, maybe as a coordinator. But I, I think he likes doing what he's doing. So I think he wants to – look, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a lifer here. If he stayed here for another 15 years, I would not surprise me at all. I think he enjoys being at Ohio State, enjoys the impact he can have on these young men and the impact he can have on the university and the community. I think all of those things really stand out to something that he really enjoys. So um, I think he's around for the long haul. We'll see about that, though. Uh, but, again, make sure you tune in tomorrow because we will also have a recap then of day two of Media Day. We'll hear what Harbaugh had to say, um, the, the questions P.J. Fleck had, what we, well, I'm sure we'll be getting about uh, what went on at Minnesota with the article. But that's it for now on the uh, Buckeyes Daily Blitz. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Tito, Jeff Fidal. Follow me on Twitter, at ThatHappens, FanStreamSports.com. Daily Blitz, powered by DSP Media. Have a great night. Go Bucks.